0: Well, it's Sunday. That means you're listening to FabRadioInternational.com, and this is the Bookworm. I'm your host, Boyd, Ed- Russ Smith,
1: Neil Dell, and producer Al. Well.
0: So as you might tell, we have a full house and that's because we are (laughs) YERO! We we do smell like a one-year-old and in fact we have the reading comprehension of something much older. Uh, (laughs) That's not I was about to count our ages and then I went No Right, so so, coming up on the show, we have Harry Potter. Uh, does anyone want to say anything about Harry Potter and the the fun that it is? Come on.
2: Well, as a representative of the Ravenclaw club book club, <laughs> I
0: would oh. like to say,
3: "Go Ravenclaw!"
4: Yeah, Ravenclaw!
3: We, we were all like competing. Oh, well, maybe we should all take a house each and do it from that point of view. But then we all realised it's a book review show. We're all Ravenclaws.
5: <laughs> and everyone just turned off.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
4: well,
0: I have, I have it. I have an inner, inner Hufflepuff, um, but I don't think a single one of us <laughs> wants... Well, I think all of us would quite like to be Slytherin for, like, a Tuesday. Uh, <laughs> <laughs>
6: well, if you're all Twittering for us, you can be our sorting
0: hat. Oh. <laughs> oh. Which, which houses are we in? You, you sort us speak on... We're Radio Bookworm. You can also sort us on Twitter, where Radio Bookworm. Tumblr, we're Radio Bookworm. Our owl is called Radio Bookworm, but he likes to be called Clive. <laughs> so, coming <Respect>. up... next. <laughs>
7: the world 24 hours a day
4: this is so boot news
0: uh, now, and uh, the first bit of random news that you probably don't care about but you think is terribly exciting, we've won a certificate. <laughs> <laughs> not Woo!
2: A- it's the first step towards
1: <laughs>
0: award-winning. We're not, still not, award-winning radio. But close. Uh, we're
1: certificate-winning radio. Any Woo-hoo. of you
0: listeners who voted for us in the Fab Radio Awards, thank you very much.
1: And we were genuinely s- ridiculously gratified that we got nominated for the listener award. Yeah.
0: Awesome. Yeah. Those, to be it's, yeah. The, Those are the ones. Those are the ones that really matter because it means that actually people are listening to the show. Uh, we love you, well, gentle you and violent reader. <laughs> uh, gentle, gentle, uh, gentle reader. We love you. Violent, psychotic reader. We love you. Indifferently, reader. We still love you. Um,
1: love, us. love us. Hello. Uh,
0: love us. Obviously, when Hugo's <laughs> come around please vote for us. I, I didn't say that obviously because you're not supposed to actually ask for nominations because that's rude. Um, <laughs> but yes so (laughs) we won a certificate it was lovely it was for the fact that I have a soft voice but apart from that uh, also um, uh, the entire team want to say thank you to Miss Phoenix Dark Knight
4: thank you thank you thank you
0: uh, thank you very much, PDK, for sorting out our trailers. They have been absolutely fab, and you can also contact PDK if you want your own trailers made because she's awesome. And we promise PDK. we'll genuinely
1: put PDK. links to her stuff on social media. <laughs> um, okay, uh, oh, on,
0: on to the news. Um, first, first bit of news we're going to get quickly go quickly over with. Ursula Le Guin is awesome. We know this already. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um yeah. Uh, recently at the, I believe it was World Fantasy Awards, um, she gave out a speech um, saying, writers, are, we are—we don't produce product, we produce books, dear. Get on with it. Um, look it up. We will have links on our social media about it. It's a great is... speech. Um, we're going to quickly gloss over Lemony Snicket. Mr. Lemony Snicket said something very stupid. Um oh. Because you know he's a great writer, but sometimes he's a terrible orator. He has apologized on his knees um, for being a dumbass, and <laughs> he's throwing large amounts of money at the problem, which is about as best as you can appreciate when you you know when you put your foot in it. That that you, you know we could be like, no, no, you should. Sh-. What, what are we going to be? We do? are a
2: forgiving kind, aren't we? Oh, what are we going to do, Book demand? Book readers demand
0: you know. that he stops writing books. Is the, the, there was no malice there; it was stupid. Um, mm. If you disagree, of course, social media. And we have other news. Um.
1: You're the only person who has the news thing. <laughs> no, no. Nice. no hey, been, we
0: all have it's
5: news. We all have news. I'm happy to jump in on 1984. Ooh. 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 Um, Ooh. it's been confirmed. Is the word I'm going to go for? But to an extent, it's still rumoured. I'm uh, trying to work it out. Um, but Paul Greengrass is being. Flagged up as directing a, a film of 1984, the George Orwell novel, mm. um, to be produced by Scott. I want to say Rudin, but I've only ever seen it written down, so it could be Rudin So I do apologise if that's wrong. Um, you can email in. Yeah, email in. That'd be that'd be lovely. What? No? Um, oh, all right. Social media <laughs> in. <laughs> um, Paul Greengrass. Um, kind of most notable title, I suppose, uh, would be Born ultimatum which is a good film, but. Crazy action um, interesting camera work, uh, so I think from that perspective it's going to be visually interesting, um, but Scott Rudin is known for quite quite gentle
4: mm-hmm. um, what well kind of like in,
5: in, like kind of there's a simplicity to his work, which is, is wonderful. It,
0: it, it's 1984 though I can't imagine yeah. the, the action scenes at all.
2: No, no, yeah, <laughs> no, but you can see how the camera work was of capturing certain things because obviously you're talking about Big Brother and mm. you know seeing places you shouldn't be looking and things but, like
5: that. So it's, if like, you take the action out of Born Ultimatum, it is an interesting visual film. It's still there's always things to look at. The camera work is interesting. Um, the way that the kind of the characters are played. Like if that's if that's indicative of his type of directing style, then we potentially have a very interesting film coming up.
6: I also hope he goes out of his way to get John Hurt in for something. <gasps>
5: yes, John Hurt amazing. To,
0: you? In the 1984 movie that was made in 1985, <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, <laughs> <laughs> um, they because it was supposed to come out in 1984, and they had production problems, so it came out in 1985, which Aww. is unfortunate. Um, it came out in 1984, it didn't. It came out in 1985,
5: honestly. Um. But like um. a, a British Paul Greengrass, hopefully they'll film some of it in Manchester because Manchester already has most of the buildings ready. Like, mm. uh, Kendall's is definitely the um, Ministry of Love. Um, <laughs> there's an old, I think, BT Comms building in, just uh, near Salford on Chapel Street, uh, which is definitely the Ministry of Truth. Um, it's, it's all there ready for them. <laughs> so
6: look out for the cameo from Captain America as well.
4: Yay.
5: <laughs>
0: the previous versions have been filmed in, in dilapidated, Parts you know inner cities and that sort of thing, and it gives that really kind of dark version i think I think the 1985 version with you know, the eurythmic song and that sort of thing um which i'm kind of fond of because it's it's John hurt yeah um did a really good did really good work with the angles and with the darkness and mm. I, I, it was just there were some bits of it that were just the problem is it's an incredibly dark book i yeah. don 't actually think it works as a movie um to be honest, it just doesn't because it's—it's it's, it's about drawing you in. And it's about language and it's about communication, and it's also about all being really sad um, about the, the state of the world. I'm not convinced it works as a movie, but I'll want to see it. The it- language is pretty vital to the book, uh, so yeah, <laughs> it, 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 it's
6: a—it's a difficult one. But I did actually think the original film managed to capture a certain—a certain, uh, a certain uh, level of the. Um, crushing dystopia that it was trying
0: to do It's like the opposite perform? of a feel-good movie. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and, that, um, that's
5: exactly it. <laughs> we're back in a government that people aren't happy with as well, so it's an interesting time to do it. Mm. And like, if you think Watchmen lost mm. something from, from Alan Moore's view because we, were, we weren't living in a Thatcherite government at the time and that's why it was created, whereas now we are back in a government that people are unhappy with kind of perceived control um, and things along those lines. So I think we're, we're in... It's a bit zeitgeisty. So this so this well.
6: entire thing is a conspiracy for, uh, from from Alan Moore to make sure that, they,
0: that to make. I'm I'm not looking for, forward to Alan Moore's Jerusalem, by the way, um, his his million million word book that he's got coming out, um, because A it's going to break shelves, and B it's going to break whoever published that if they're not if they're not completely prepared for it, it's going to get destroyed by it because that's that's a huge undertaking.
5: You're going to um, get. Yeah. So you're going to get forklifts in Waterstones? Or
4: maybe, they can't employ maybe, shelf maybe they'll just
2: print it in font number three, so it'll be so <laughs> tiny
3: that it'll fit into 100 pages. Maybe
6: maybe they'll shove it on. The most
3: commonly purchased on a kind of electronic book, I don't know, do they exist yet? I don't know if Alan
0: Moore knows they exist. This is the problem. <laughs> uh, I, I think Alan Moore would be like, "You can't do it by ear, You have to have some sort of Ouija board, and then <laughs> you buy some sort of Moore Ouija board, and uh, why the great master communicates to you his his works and thoughts, and uh, slowly but surely drives you mad." We've gone off the news. See,
4: I'll be really <laughs> disappointed now he if that like a didn't. Evil
0: wizard, <laughs> he, he is an evil wizard. <laughs>
2: Some more news, give us more news
0: um, Ansible has gone online only This is a piece of news that I, only I care about I suspect um, <laughs> David Langford, uh, who is a regular he's, he's basically he talks about books All the time, so we love him um, Regular world fan- fantasy Style writer person um, His regular design, Ansible Is now online uh, It's kind of not really news because it was always Really pretty much online and Printouts were available in small Venues up and down the country um, he's just stopped doing that because people get it online. So, you know, not a massive change. Um, Gollant picked up Aliette de Boudard. Um, that's another example of someone who started working for Angry Robot, kept working when Angry Robot started having financial problems, went elsewhere. So that, that, that news is also Angry Robot loses Aliette de Boudard to, to Goland, which I imagine is probably a better deal, to be honest.
2: And guess what? There's what? a new chapter out for all of you out there who love that fanfic that is Hachette versus Amazon.
0: Oh, 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 they're getting married. The
2: love girl <laughs> on. They're having a baby. It's going <laughs> to be called, it's going to be called, wait for it, Authors United.
0: Oh, I see. I prefer Authors City. I'm a big fan <laughs> of Authors City. Uh, as opposed to Authors United. Um... This will be Douglas Preston saying we will fight on we will fight on for the rights of writers pretty much what Ursula Le Guin was saying pretty as much, well pretty much yeah. Uh, yeah same sort of thing it's a
2: good message
0: but in a slightly more, he was saying it in a slightly more melodramatic way. Well, and, yeah, and which uh, is
2: why I said it's it's a new piece of the fanfic. You know, the sub-opera continues.
0: <laughs> feel free to send us your Hachette loves Amazon, Amazon loves H- Hachette, Hachette and Amazon in love fanfic. Because now uh,
2: it's a beautiful triangle, isn't it? It's, it's Hachette versus Amazon versus. Well, na- na- now reason. the
1: ship has sailed. <laughs> 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 that has up. has been chipped, yeah.
6: Next up, Hachette in space. <laughs> <laughs> Oh sorry <laughs> <laughs> running gag
0: um actually next up shall we shall we have some messages and then we'll talk about Harry Potter <laughs> yeah! If you were smart, witty, clever, and not hungover enough to listen to us live, you'd have heard an absolute pile of adverts. Alternatively, <laughs> alternatively, you've just heard a bit where we've gone to the adverts and then we've gone straight into not the adverts. No, <laughs> that's
2: how Welcome it works. to iTunes.
0: <laughs> Welcome to iTunes, Mixcloud, and all other forms of. It's possible we're telepathically communicating it to you, or using some sort of mind control spell. They never talk about the fact that how sinister the mind control spells are. In I think yeah. we should
3: talk about that.
0: <laughs> so, um, shall we? A bad cadaverite. Ah!
4: Ed, I'm sad. <laughs> Ed,
3: it's
0: okay.
2: It's fine. We don't, uh, we don't. I wiggle my fingers at you. You're alive again.
0: Huh? <laughs> I, I, I had a oh, hang on, hang on. That means I lived. No, no. Anyway, let's let's move past
4: that. Oh,
5: um, Ed, you to Ed, <laughs> Ed the undead.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's just slightly different from where we were going, but also works. Mm.
5: So,
0: um, if you've never heard of Harry Potter, then honestly, you stop listening to the show.
1: <laughs>
5: um, just hang your head in shame. Get to a
1: Waterstones now. All your local independent retail books. books.
5: Or just anyone else you know. Yeah. <laughs> <Don't> <laughs> <them> to you. <laughs> I mean, let's face it, Task has got it.
1: Seriously, <laughs> knock next door. Say you're not
6: going to
0: sell anything. Excuse me, I need to know about Harry Potter. Do it now. <laughs> um... But 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 anyway, um so let's talk <laughs> let's talk about the first four books. There's seven in total. There's seven, then there's a whole load of spin-offs and stuff on top and all sorts of other stuff and bottom all cool. and there's a whole list of things. So I think we're just gonna try and pile in. So, um Philosopher's Stone, when did you first read it and what's it about?
2: Oh god. Wow, when did I first read it? 13 years ago?
1: A long,
5: long time ago.
1: In
2: a galaxy far, far 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 away. Yes, from, I, I was working in Manchester City Centre at the time and I'd heard about this um, incredible book, everyone was talking about it so of course I, I completely refused to buy it because it was too mainstream and damn it, I wasn't going to give in to peer pressure. And then uh, at a lunchtime my, I finished my book uh, in five minutes, because I only had like a chapter to go, at which point I went across the road where, at the time, there was a Virgin mega store. Oh my
1: word! I know,
2: right? <laughs> amazing. It sold, you know, video cassettes. It sold <laughs> DVDs. These amazing things that you know, and CDs and books. And guess what? There was uh, there were the first three Harry Potter books on mm. offer, and I thought. oh you know what, I'll buy the first one. If I don't like it, I'll just leave it and not continue with the series. So I took it in, I sat down, I read about three paragraphs and I went out and bought the other two.
0: I think I read it when one of them had just won a Smarties Award. I think it was the second one won the Smarties Award. Mm. And I was working in a kind of um, London-based newsroom it's a short version and various people were being very snobby about it going oh it was all terribly popular it's, it's just I could do better sort of, sort of that, th- those were my I peers at the time you. Um, horrible horrible snobs and they were like oh well Diamond Jones Diamond Jones is so much better it's like well Dianna Jones at that, that point had written something like 15 novels and been in the game for like 40 years mm. and it's like so you're comparing this debutante author to Diamond Jones and you think you're insulting J.K. Rowling You've given her a massive compliment because mm-hmm. you've compared her to Dano and Jones, who is like, you know, the, one of the names, one of the classics of children's literature and will continue to be so. So I was like, right, I absolutely. And I think I just devoured them on a train journey I, had, I had, had a train journey. It perfect there. setting, really. And, I, and just sat down and read them and just thought, absolutely awesome. And then suddenly realised that the, you I'd know, gone through, I think it was the first three in pretty much one sitting. And I was just like, darn, I'll have to wait now. Mm-hmm.
4: Um, mm-hmm.
0: But there was that time, I mean, we're, we're going on a bit further, but there was that time when the last one came out. And there were just people with bags going... Ugh! because it was so huge as opposed to the first one which um,
4: is tiny
2: yes yeah, massive mm. difference but also obviously the, the very first book for those of you who don't know the story it is the story of this little boy called Harry and Harry has a scar on his forehead um, and he doesn't know why he lives with his uncle and auntie in this tiny little suburban house uh, he's he's a bit mistreated and by a bit I mean a lot you know he lives in a cupboard and he's very spoiled cousin gets all the love and all the presents and everything in that's the world, mistreatment and he <laughs> lives in a cupboard. Edward. Yes,
1: yes, it's that's emotional and psychological abuse. Ed. Yes. Oh,
0: oh, oh, okay.
4: Really? Anyways,
2: <laughs> um, Harry's eleventh birthday is, is coming, and and um, on the day he receives a letter, but nobody ever writes to poor little Harry because nobody even knows he exists. Like really, because he lives in a cupboard under the stairs. Funny enough, that's where the letter is her, um, addressed to, you know, the cupboard under the that's stairs, right. a private drive, and, and so Harry wants to really read this letter, but his uncle's got it in his mind that no, he will never have this letter because he will not turn out to be a freak, a weirdo like his parents. Uh, and, so, and so these letters kept being put away, and, and then the next day more are delivered and more and more mm-hmm. until the uncle gets the family and takes them away in the middle of nowhere in this little tiny lighthouse in an island uh, rocky rocky island thinking that they're safe that these terrible terrible news will never reach them and then this massive massive guy literally brings down the the, the door and 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 walks in and wishes harry happy birthday and tells harry those famous famous words
0: you're a lizard harry <laughs> oh. Oh, no. Sorry, I got Ed it wrong. It.
2: <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. It, everyone was like on the edge of their seat. That was <laughs> amazing storytelling, Edward.
4: <laughs>
0: uh, a bit, bit of conspiracy theory, not you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so
2: yes, yes, Harry is in fact a wizard and he gets handed this wonderful letter from Hogwarts um, School I of witchcraft, witchcraft and, and Wizardry. wizardry. Mm. And that's the beginning of a beautiful adventure.
0: It, it is. It is one of those very fascinating things of of, of, you know, of private education. You have magically been handed your, your your scholarship. I think that's really how it should work for like the oh, education god, system. Oh yeah. god! it would something. be so much big more old exciting.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
4: <laughs>
0: that's, a, that's a that's a fair it's a, that's, a, that's a fair response. That's why I'm House Hufflepuff. That's why yeah. they don't get mentioned because they're all big old socialists.
4: <laughs> um, <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's, it's one of the strange things about the Harry Potter world, actually, because I think if, if you're British, you're used to the concept of, of houses in school. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I was in Nightingale. I don't know if anyone else... I was, it was,
5: I was in Nightingale. <laughs> in my middle school, I was in Bloody uh, Neptune. <laughs> and then in my, my my college, which was 13 plus, we, we started off in Scott, and then someone went, there's no women or black people, so we need to <laughs> to diversify. Um, And then I ended up in Nightingale. We
1: we had Saints, so we had uh, Patrick, George, Andrew and... another one uh, and and i was Saint patrick's <laughs> david I have a david really, a
6: really one. silly story to tell you about my uh, about my house because my house was called schoolhouse or <laughs> yeah no this was baffling for a while oh yeah we we, we had the red miters as well um uh, this was baffling for a while but then you kind of realize oh at school as in trinity school as in the name of it oh, so it could have been called trinity house but that would possibly have confused a bunch of people so it was schoolhouse
4: no.
0: That's a, that is actually a rubbish name. <laughs> yeah. We, we yeah. we've drifted
1: off on a tangent. Oh yeah, but, sorry. But How the is thing is,
0: Americans um, when they uh, encounter this, have no con. They, they do, most schools don't use, operate that system of oh. dividing kids into little groups so they can compete against each other to get tiny gold stars and other pointless sweets and all sorts of nonsense. Um, so so Americans are just like what? And obviously, in the world of Harry Potter, you have houses and you have tuck boxes and this sort of thing. <laughs> and Americans are just like. But, but this 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 is magical fiction. You know, like, like no, no, this, this, this no. is just this to stop kids from arguing and also encouraging competitive play, by which we mean hitting each other.
5: This so. is the bit you're supposed to relate to. Yes.
1: This is the realism. <laughs> no, it's, it's not. <laughs> I grew up in
2: Italy. There's no houses in Italy. There's just one school. Get over it. Um,
4: <laughs> <laughs>
2: anyways, so, so looking at the first three books, I think... I mean, I don't know if we all agree, but the first three books are really sort of more like a a childhood kind of sort of theme. So, you know, the the first three books um, tell you how Harry kind of, as a little kid, sort of, gets into his own skin and grows up and mm. and then from sort of the prison of Askaban. afterwards it gets all very dark and very political i think oh. the
6: third and the fourth books are really big game changers yes to the yes. World. yes yeah
5: the first three books um are all separate stories with a subplot running between the three of them yeah. i like a kind very of the electronic. story of harry's past um and yeah. where that might be going And then we hit book four and actually then the subplot becomes the plot and Mm, the stories in each year at school are are the subplot. (laughs) Uh, There's a connection
4: then.
0: I love the way, and it's kind of accident rather than design, I suspect, um, that the first three are very much children's fiction. Yes. And very much Xander's children's fiction. I, I gather that at the time Rowling was expecting not to be a billionaire. She was expecting to do, she was hoping to do quite well. Yeah. And, you know, just write for a living. And she, you know, her, in her mind's eye, she'd be producing a Harry Potter book once a year, and that'd be fine, and that would pay the mortgage, and she'd be okay, and she, you know, and in an in alternate world, there's like, there's like 40 different Harry Potter books, but no one's heard of Harry Potter, and they're all just kind of just getting on with it, and it's kind of straightforward, but I think at some point she suddenly realised that she could do more, um, and she had the audience to do more, so it goes from children's fiction, into young adult, yeah, yes, but it
5: follows Harry, doesn't it? It does mm. that. It, it grow, yeah. the stories grow as Harry grows. Mm. Um, this was oh, sorry, I thought no. you were weighing
1: in. No, <laughs> no, my, my understanding is that actually, as you sort of alluded to, the reading age increases as the books yes. go on. Oh yeah, yes. this
6: is one of the things I found really, really special <coughs> about this series. You can um, certainly, uh, certainly, reading at a young age. Yeah, you grow, you grow with Harry as you're yeah. watching it and it very much feels like
4: that
0: as well yeah i think i think for me prisoner of, mm-hmm. of the the first three or four prisoner of Azkaban is my favorite simply because Mine simply Absolutely. because of the dementors and I, <laughs> <laughs> I, I was one of those kids that grew up with D, and i grew up with mind flayers and mind flayers for those who don't know are large purple monsters with octopus style heads in big robes that eat your brain and <laughs> and not Ew. only not only when you see them they, they their glance fries the your cupboard? mind um <laughs> we, we don't we don't talk about Shh. bob the defiler um anyway uh, and he you know they they turn up and then they actually physically eat your brain after you die. i was like yeah they have like nose, they have straws they're like <laughs> <laughs> they're they, they they
4: very
0: they're the so and, dementors. Dementors. and i just saw this kind of cuz they're described as ethereal <clears throat> but I just saw these kind of ethereal Kufonic style Kufulu-esque style horrors and robes that you know their heads come back and it just darkness follows uh, mm. and goes straight up your nose. Uh,
6: it was a vision very well put together um, that I that, that, that <coughs> um, translated over to the uh, to, uh, to film really really mm. well. Yeah, it's, that they were property? one of those things that were exactly as I imagined them,
3: which was mm. <laughs> for, for me it was serious black. Sirius black for me is what made that that because he was everyone was even even the sort of slightly odd eccentric Dumbledore was very school very down the line whereas serious black's just like He's kind of a badass really, he's a, <laughs> he's
4: really a kind is. of
3: he, he's the badass the badass mentor you know teaches you how to be a badass
5: I thought it was just um a very interesting. and and something that I hadn't really read before, because Harry in book three is is 13 um, when he's finding out more about the plot, the moment when, well he he did we learn about things through him, don't we Um, as he's finding out more, it's that moment where he finds out um, why people are so cagey about him and Sirius Black and his response is to get angry and he says, I'm going to kill him and I don't think that kids books really do that they don't actually show the fact that kids get angry and sometimes yeah we when dark things happen kids go to dark places and it is and it's, it's heartbreaking and it's really sad mm. but no one else had really kind of done that in anything I'd read before and I was like, that, I mean granted as a kid I wasn't growing up thinking oh I'm going to kill them um, but it was nice to know that someone, re- an adult realised that as a child I could get angry and that so was... you said,
2: uh, as a kid, I didn't, I do not obviously, I didn't think, oh, they've upset me, I'm going to kill them. But for some reason in my mind, I had this scene out of uh, Home Alone where he goes, I wish you all went away, and then they all go away, and he's like, oh my god, I did it, I mm-hmm. sent them but, all but away. But <laughs> the cat isn't, the and cat... That, it's a bit of an equivalent, isn't it? Yeah. You might not yeah. think, oh, I want to kill them, but yeah, you do go to really dark places, yeah. and that's a very good it's point. an interesting
0: departure. The kids in the non books don't like, you know grab Jadis and just beat it to death <laughs> perhaps they, they let the lion do it but anyway um, one of my, I really like the Defence Against Dark Arts teachers as well and, the yes. fact that, they all, yes. and that running gag um, <laughs> my, my favorite and by so,
2: gag you mean terror
0: my favourite is Remus Lubin
5: yeah, yeah, yeah. oh by
0: far did you know that there is a wizard right wizard rock is a thing it's fan music there's a band called Remus and the Lippins do we have any Remus and the Lippins on our massive Fab Radio International uh...
1: shockingly yes
4: hey! oh, like, my, oh my god
0: it's like, it's like, it's like that was yeah, all I mean, it's totally so awful, like it. <laughs> Remus and the oh my. so god. here is some wizard rock which is an idea it gives you an idea of what the fandom is like
7: race the alternative this, this is Radio international Just one opportunity to show us your true colors are silver and green you are a snake severus mate said that you protected them by turning in serious black albus may have trusted you but i would never turn my back on some death eater who sold james and lily out well the truth changes everything and there's no way for us to argue now is not what he appeared after all every day a perplexing paradox to elucidate were we all the victims of his display of free will or was this always the fate of severa snake Well, you're greasy to the core Always have been out for yourself So very hard on Harry You're throwing quarters and never wishing Well, you outed one true werewolf Put it to the Dark Lord, you spider Why, what for? I'd mix you a poisonous potion You took from us Albus Dumbledore is not what he appeared after all every day a perplexing paradox to elucidate were we all the victims of his display of free will or was this always the fate of Severa's name was this always the fate Sever ice name was this always the fate of Sever ice name was this always the fate of a name was this always the fate of Sever ice name this is Fab Radio
4: international.
0: So, you're listening to fabradiointernational.com. This is the bookworm, and we have the entire presentation team say hello. Hello! hello. It's quite a large team. And <laughs> you might be able to see us on video, we are on webcam. Hi! Yeah. Um, we? yes, we I feel
5: like that was maybe something I should have been told before we started. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers. When I presented, my wife said,
3: oh, I was watching you the whole time, you fidget bum. <laughs> <laughs> <And I'm> like, <laughs> Yeah, so apparently I'm a fidget bum and, and I didn't know that. I was being filmed. Dammit. I think that's
2: how you should introduce yourself from now on. Hi, of, I'm Silo. I'm sorry. I'm a, a
3: fidget, fidget bum. bum. Of course, if
0: You've you're... a Harry Potter house. It's a Harry... <laughs> it, it is... Oh no, it's actually one of the other schools yeah. have, have, have all sorts of slightly derogatory names. Fidget uh, bum uh, house. Which, which yeah. is why the Ministry of Magic uh, gives them a lower uh, mark. Right,
2: can I just <laughs> say... I'm really sorry. Can I just say, hi, honey, to my husband who's asking I for Starbucks star because he's noticed producer Al passing them around.
0: That's absolutely shocking. That's by the by if is why you're... the camera needs to be not looking at me. You're
2: supposed to be a mystery.
0: If you're listening yes. to this after the show's gone live, well, that's just tough. You um, <laughs> can't actually, we don't actually record the the webcammage uh, and it is, kind of silly but it's okay um, you can
6: it's still not product send us
2: placement. we just happen to have you some.
6: can
0: still send us Starburst anytime. <laughs> <laughs> you can also we purchase, have the name first you can also purchase Starburst magazine in any news agent and with that shameless shameless nonsense out of the way let's talk about the last set of books in the Harry Potter series so so far uh, the last the previous half half the show just before we hit Remus and the Lupins it was a little bit. This Wizard Rock, there is actual Wizard Rock. The fandom is amazing for this sort of thing, um, but yes, we were just touching on this while we were all bopping away to that music. Mm-hmm. The fact that the first three, three and a half sort of are pretty much um, you know different, separate stories. By the time. We get to Goblet of Fire. Goblet of Fire. Oh,
4: God,
0: I know um, we we start to actually get a coherent kind of end of the world style plot going on.
2: I think, we, I mean, Goblet of Fire was such a massive transitional book in the series because you have it's literally two books in one, really. Because you have the first part is is the Quidditch World Cup, uh, which is a story all in itself mm. with. A big, big, obviously, plot introducer as well. And then the second part, you find out that, hey... There's not just Hogwarts. There's all of these other schools. So you know, mm-hmm. you you think wizards are all concentrated on one side, but really, you should have known by now and should have figured out that this is a worldwide thing. And they're not, you know, Gobblons and and Armstrong come into play, and you're like,
5: whoa! You, but I would
6: love to see some adventures set in Dumbstrung. Oh yeah, it would be yeah, great, yeah. wouldn't it?
5: But I think yeah. we learn so much more about the world in *Goblet of Fire*, like because before that, essentially, all we've had is. Hob- um platform nine and three quarters and the, and the burrow really mm. are our only kind of insights into w- the wizarding world and then actually we find out more about this huge worldwide community yes yeah. um and we get to see the fact that how they live in in life and like wizards walking around in 90s because even though they're in muggle worlds they don't want trousers on and <laughs> <so> <laughs> we, we learn so much but very very quickly and it's again it's it's at that age. Harry is now fourteen. That's when you start to get out of your own little world a bit, isn't it? And, and so the yes.
6: international wizarding sports tournament is an absolutely genius vehicle for communicating. All absolutely, this, this thing's, all sorts of things come over. Oh, you've seen, you've seen world cups and Olympics come over here. You can imagine the logistics with that. So it's slightly smaller still, so but slightly here's the boot.
4: As well. <laughs> <laughs>
5: and, and Oliver Woods in it again. So that's nice. <laughs> Aww. Oh. Have a bit of a crush, do? Oh my god, so much! <laughs> <laughs> but but from po- when I was younger, not like in a pervy. I read it as an adult way. <laughs>
4: <laughs> sure, Dad. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs>
3: <laughs> wouldn't, wouldn't it, the World Cup have been a lot easier wouldn't the World Cup have been a lot easier if like, the fans and the teams and everyone could have brought their own like tents that have got a house inside
2: oh my god that's the most amazing thing that was ever. brilliant wasn't it really? I love and that I'm idea. so glad she brought it back in the books later when Hermione yeah. pulls it her out of a tiny little bag and she pulls out this amazing tent
0: it, it's that amazingly practical thing as well mm. it's, it's one of those things where you can with the Harry Potter world it's one of those worlds that's built in a very specific world in it, way, and it's built the world building is done to tell the story um, rather than world building is built to create a world and i think it's very easy to be hypocritical about the, the world and go well how does that work how why 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 aren't they why aren't they taught mathematics and physics because it's magic because it's magic uh, a wizard a wizard did it there's mm-hmm. a perfectly rational explanation for this sometimes a ran away as well mm-hmm. there's a perfectly rational explanation for this a wizard did it um and you know it's it's a world that she specifically built um but yeah, dark, they get it gets dark in *Goblet
5: of Fire*. Yes, mm. oh, it's God, it's yeah. where it's the book where everything changes and you realise it's a kind of like no holds barred, isn't it? Really, um, I don't actually think that's I don't think I used any of the right words in that <laughs> turn of phrase then. Um, but because it is the book where we have an actual death of an mm. actual character, mm. um, not just someone reported in a newspaper who works at the mm. ministry who we've never heard of. Um, not a body. And yet, not a baddie, and we witness it. We are there as a reader. It's not a report. And there are
0: consequences, and yeah. there are consequences not just for the world and not just for the main characters, but that death echoes throughout the rest of the series. Yeah. It, it
6: sets sides going, things uh, things mobilise at that point. It's yeah. a really big... It's, I'm, I'm a real, real hater of cheap deaths in... Um, in most series this is not a
0: cheap this is yeah. not a cheap but when it happens money. it feels cheap and that's the point yeah. it's all like that and it's senseless
5: mm. yeah um, and there's almost no time to dwell on it is there it's like just that happened and then but back w- yeah danger and, danger and, yeah you've you've got to sort yourself out and you've just and it's almost like it's a few sentences isn't it when the I actual thing occurs yeah. and don't then it's the later yeah. after i
0: think we can say the words kill the spare
4: Giving
2: it <laughs> I think it, it's it's really well done in the movie as well and oh it's, my goodness. it just breaks my heart when, when that father runs down Amos. oh my god I'm going to cry right now um, but yeah no I, I, I completely agree and, and again it just shows you that you know the baddie that in the first three books you kind of think, oh yeah, you know, we'll deal with him, we'll deal with him. You just kind of think, yeah, no, this no, is not what it's now,
5: about. Now he's to. not, he's not a kid's baddie anymore. No. Right? He ceases to be nebulous as well.
3: He's suddenly got form. He's yeah. he's mm. Yeah, mm. He who should not
6: be, he who must not be named, but now mm. has mm. been mm. Mm. given mm. name and form. And
4: yeah. yeah, it's yeah, it's
5: yeah, I it's, I it's not kids And play he's playing, done something.
6: Yeah. I mean, yeah. he's done something you can't ignore man. So I, it's
5: just- <laughs> I think that Goblet of Fire is my favourite book um, I also of the film series I think it's my, I, I don't think in the film series it's by far my favourite film mm. um, but I think that I think the reason why Goblet of Fire is my favourite book is because that is Dragons, the dragons, it's got dragons in it. <laughs> I mean, dragons. let's face it, yeah. And things like Ludo Bagman, and we learn about the unforgivable curses, and actually we do start to realise the grown-up aspect of this world, and mm. and, and we, we realise what we're about to go into.
0: I, I reviewed for Starburst magazine, which is on your shelves right now, um, the <laughs> Harry Potter uh, movie vault, which is all the uh, movie designs and pictures uh, from the movies and also stuff inspired by the books. And there's this is one section called Dragons. And it's <laughs> it's the fact that she's gone from she's not just gone, It's a dragon, uh rah, run away. She she's taken a leaf out of How and Dragon and a whole lot of other stuff and the you know, the Dungeons and Dragons manual and this sort of thing, where each dragon is different. There are different breeds, so they have different personalities. Uh, and they're all terrifying. Um, <laughs> you know, yeah,
2: but at the same time Because you had an introduction to the drugs in the earlier ones when obviously... Hagrid gets a little dragon, and Aww. you know that's the very, very first book uh, where you know Ron tells you oh, my brother works with these. So y- you you see how the the littlest things that you kind of think oh that that's a means to this book, and then you won't hear about it because she doesn't need it. But it all comes back, yeah, and all that knowledge you've been sort of accruing, all those little pebbles that you thought oh that's just just a nice little <laughs> the, touch. Uh, it's actually got a meaning later. Yeah, I
1: have to say the magical creatures are one of my favourite things just throughout the books generally, I just like (gasps) them I think
3: for me, the consistency throughout the books, that drip feeding is very important you'll get little things and details things in, in potions and Side effects and things that will come back later in the book, and they become important, and you'll suddenly realise, oh, he did that because of he, he was able to use this potion, and uh, it's very, it was like the Polyjuice well
2: Potion that again you see in the very first book, and then later on you see this really dark use of it that you kind of thought, oh, it's it's child's play, but really it also gives you an insight on Hermione as a... okay she did this at eleven. She's mm. amazing. Mm. And and later on you discover why.
0: And there's also things like um, Hagrid has a connection to the supernatural world. One of the other teachers um, who in the movie is played by a uh, famously short actor whose name skips me right Flitwick. now. Flitwick. Flitwick. Professor Flitwick. is um, you know, and as things get darker in the series and as government changes, and um, suddenly you start to fear for these characters who have been. I mean, Flitwick is relatively minor, but yeah. it's that combination of realizing what he looks yeah. like.
5: Warwick Davis. Warwick yes. Davis. Oh, I could have told you that. I'm sorry, <laughs> I didn't realize we actually needed the name. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's,
0: it's my brain just not, not functioning right. Now. It's
2: awesome where Davis, and we all know he's awesome because he's been in all the
5: awesome things.
2: But Flitwick
0: like. is clearly not human, yeah, no. and, and then suddenly, as as you know, as the Voldemort uh, party. Get in charge yes.
5: as we hit book five. Mm.
0: As we hit book five, and suddenly you start to fear for, you for the, know, yes. for, for for the people who aren't, mm. are who who aren't middle class, and those, all those of a like
5: different. But I also yeah. like book five, um, Order of the Phoenix. I think is another one that is another book that is more adult than most kids' book books were because most kid books, after the baddie becomes real and the baddie's got a body, would then be about let's fight the baddie. But the fifth book is actually about propaganda and about the mm. fact the government go, oh, we don't want this to be happening, so mm. let's tell the world that this little boy is a liar. Oh, yeah. Everything's um, fine. Well, it's
6: weird. It's, it's, a, um, it's a political thriller.
5: Yes, <laughs> and yeah. it, we learn so about kind of teenage angst through, uh, what's the word, kind of through th- embodiment uh, of yeah. someone else's soul almost. And like, he shouts a lot. Yeah, Harry becomes. Most of my friends found Harry really irritating in that book, but actually, if you look at it in the sense of it's, it's, it's a metaphor. Um, he became a lot more acceptable. The thing I
6: got with the, the thing that I would liked with um, Order of the Phoenix, yeah, I found it the most difficult going of the books, but I actually, for me, that was the best film because they managed to they managed to distil it so perfectly. Yeah, I so. agree.
3: Favorite film for me film life.
0: D- dark, darkest <laughs> type of detention as well. Um, yeah. Ooh, crying must not tell lies oh, um,
3: nice.
0: So' we've, we've, we've got there let's 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 have some more noise and then we'll talk more about the series and how it's affected us
4: <laughs> <laughs> I listen to fabb Across the world,
3: the real alternative. Fab Radio International.com.
0: I must not tell lies. I must not tell lies. I must not tell lies. Yeah.
5: <gasps> sorry, I'm
2: sorry. Can we have a big. Big boo from the group for for Dolores Umbridge. Boo! boo! Oh, this is really, she's worse than Voldemort.
3: Let's
0: face yeah. it. Me I actually had I had a, I had a school teacher. She wasn't that awful. I had that school. I had a school teacher <laughs> who was, who dressed like Dolores Umbridge was about crushing children's dreams. Um, and it's weird because I think she's terrible. I have one or two friends who are like, oh, she was the best teacher I ever had, and it's like yeah but you're, you're not the nicest person I've ever met <laughs> <laughs>
5: but she's so unnerving because she genuinely thinks that what she's doing is the right thing and, and she genu- she believes it all are and it's the terrifying best
6: yeah. type of villains the kind of just agents <laughs> the ones that almost. are just absolutely completely committed to what they are doing oh. and think it is the right thing me and Simon were cheering because I think it's some. I think it's something to do with a, a bit of wrestling viewing there. Um, <laughs> when, when, when we know a, when we know a good villain, yeah. um, and we can see him and they work in the crowd and they're just, I hate you. I hate you so hot. <laughs> You're awesome. Um,
4: it's, 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 it's a it's, good it's, deal. It's that. Yeah.
0: I mean, yeah. we we haven't really got the thing with Half Blood Pl- Prince yeah. as a book. Is we're kind of waiting for the next one afterwards, and it, it's a great interim book. And it, mm. it, the thing that it really, really importantly does is it tells us about Snape. Oh, Snape. yeah.
5: yeah. Oh, well, it doesn't Snape.
3: tell us all about
0: Snape, no, does it? it doesn't, no, but um, it sets it up for that for, it does. for, for and the dynamic. It sets at the end. us up
3: to hate him, doesn't it? It essentially, Even more than we do, if you know what I mean. It's yeah. it's beautiful, mm.
2: it's- see, I don't agree. It set me up to at least now I know where you're coming from yeah. so you get Wouldn't to you know would you find that his dad
3: was a bit of a bully with him um, Harry's yeah. dad was a bit of a bully with Snape
6: yeah that
2: kind
3: of, Harry's
2: parents yeah. did not
3: come across it blurs
6: well, the line doesn't Mason, it actually, that's it, good. you
2: kind of you kind of go okay you've been uh, um, you've been not very nice for the first you know five bucks um but now I know why. And I, you know, I might not justify it, but I understand you now. Yes. And and it, I think for a lot of people, it was the, the moment where actually, and, and personal experience, I turn around and went, yes, yeah, Snape's my favourite character in the whole series. It, <laughs> because he's just... Oh. It's, oh, it's the redeemed, you know... Villain really? that is not a <laughs> villain. Mm.
5: Yeah, but then I think it's all a it's all a kind of a sympathising setup so that we get the giant crash in oh, six, in which obviously we s- can't yes. talk about. Yeah. But but the giant nice crash poisonous. of crash. Uh, and, yes.
0: Okay. okay, so we could talk about seven, the, its story and Deathly Hallows themselves, but also the fact that they had a cultural impact. I think they had an impact on all of us. Yeah. So where were you when you picked up Deathly Hallows, and where were you in your world and your life?
5: Uh, Deathly Hallows for me was two days after my 21st birthday um, and I had to wait for it because I'd been out the night before so I couldn't go to the midnight showing and I was in Blackburn. Um, it was the day, do you remember, the 20th was the day of the crazy rain in Tewkesbury and Gloucester that flooded the southwest, um, and so there was crazy rain, no one could go anywhere um, and I was in Blackburn when I was supposed to be in Somerset. Um, And so I had to wait for my partner to get back from work to bring me my copy of of the book. And I had my cup of tea waiting ready so that I could just sit down and open and be ready. And it was amazing. (laughs) Yeah,
2: I had asked for a a night shift in the shop where I worked (laughs) so I could finish at 6 a.m. There were most bookstores were opening at five, six to let people in and get their copies. So I literally finished work, picked up my copy, went home and I'd asked for two days off so I
1: could read it in one go yeah. without sleeping. Which is what I did. And it was awesome. So how long did it take you to actually read it through from beginning to end?
2: Um, I think I got home And I grabbed a nap, because obviously I'd been working all night, and I think I started reading it for about two, and finished it at something like 5am the day after,
4: (laughs) but I didn't sleep,
2: this is literally me sitting on bed with tea, the only time I got up was to go to the toilet, and refresh my cup of tea, and make me a sandwich, so that that would carry me through, so that's all I did for like literally probably about 14 hours straight.
6: I do not remember how or indeed uh, my circumstances of acquiring the book at the time I don't all I remember you. was <laughs> I'm, I'm serious this is classified information um, all I remember was I was living in sale at the time and I remember how uh, and and I remember how awestruck I was by the first chapter it's just the way I was just thrown straight into uh, yes. thrown straight into the uh, into the business end of things they were they were on their broomsticks and they were not mucking around
3: it was yeah. That was it.
6: That was away.
3: I think I was possibly doing my teaching practice kind of stuff at the time. And I was very, um, I was I, I was, quite low, I was quite depressed. Probably not the, 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 the right state of mind oh, to be no. reading that book. Um, but I remember using it as a sort of distraction and uh, an, an <laughs> escape from darkness into darkness. <laughs> <laughs> it was, it was, um, That's beautiful. No, I, 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 did, I did enjoy it. <laughs> I
0: I was um, strangely enough I had, had had taken time off officially from work but I was um, house sitting for for a friend at the time and they house sitting a rather large and elaborate place in Gosforth um, and not only was I house sitting I was also pet sitting um, uh, I, and I essentially sat on this enormous bed um, with this enormous book with an enormous pointer and a small a uh, small black and white cat all snuggled into me as I just sat and read. Um, and I don't think the animals noticed, and I certainly didn't notice, and pretty much uh, I, I stopped just as the people who owned the home came back. <laughs> so this is one of those very strange situations. But the house was probably sat.
5: <laughs> <laughs> I, um, I actually went on holiday with um, my, my group of, of girlfriends from home, and we're all giant Harry Potter fans. Um, and so we we made the rule that until the last person finished the book, no one was going to talk about it or mention it, oh, just God, in case. Because we all read at different speeds. Oh. I'm a very slow reader. Two of my friends are very fast readers. Um, the book came out on the 21st. We went on holiday on the 23rd. One of them had already read it three times. <laughs> oh, what? Um, yeah. she, like, she's a she's a machine. Good rule, um, by the way. Yeah, yeah and so yeah. They, uh, like, I was... Luckily, we are on holiday. We were in a little surf cabin in the middle of Devon. Um, Not in the middle of Devon. You wouldn't have a surf cabin in the middle of Devon. Just randomly. Um, It (laughs) Um, could be a wizard And so it was like no internet, so I didn't have to worry about Facebook. I didn't have to worry about any spoilers. And so, yeah, we were just like, we're not going to discuss it. And then one of the girls didn't bring her copy. (gasps) So she was like, I've forgotten my book. We can't
1: talk about it. Oh, goodness.
5: Um, And it actually worked, and that was wonderful. Um, Stupid people went on Facebook.
1: Oh, never, never
0: go on social media no. this time. No, no. no, no. It's, uh, yes, you should have known better. <laughs> social media shut, shut down, I believe. Mm-hmm. But um, yes, so we haven't received any owls. Or any owl messages, which is unusual, but I suspect he's got lost or possibly stuck in the fab. Car.
5: Maybe it's Errol.
4: Oh. Oh. he's just not made oh. it yet. He's
2: in. He's in witness protection. His name is We've now. We've already
6: established this. If you've sent the, if you sent the owl to the cupboard under the stairs, it's currently been eaten by a mind flayer. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but yes, I, th- I think we can all agree that that you know whether you came into it as a as a as a you know child or you read it as a grown up. it You know, the Harry Potter series has definitely had an impact on on people's lives everywhere in the world. It is my life.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And And I believe you. And as the books end, I think we're going to have to end the show.
5: Oh, Mm. bye-bye show.
7: (laughs) Embrace the alternative.
4: Radio International.
0: You have been listening to the one-year anniversary episode of The Bookworm. I've been your host, Ed, Fortune, and it's goodbye from me.
2: I've been your hostess, named for Hayes, and it's goodbye from me too.
6: I've been along for the ride. My name is Russell
3: R.A. Smith, and um, goodbye from me too. I've been Siloid. Bye.
5: And it's goodbye from Del, always.
1: Bye. The Bookworm is a truly outrageous production for Fab Radio International and Starburst magazine. Presented by Ed Fortune, Nympha Hayes, Rebecca Derrick, Siloid and Russell Smith, produced by A. L. Johnson. Hey. Yeah.